open up to Revelation chapter 1. It's really good to, to see so many hands uh, wanting to give their testimony. It's, it's just fantastic. Um, people uh, have that desire to, to talk about miracles and what God's done in their lives. Before I start, is anybody too cold? No? We're okay? Yeah. Um, so we'll open up to uh, Revelation chapter 1. I just want to make a little bit of a point early on. Revelation chapter 1 and uh, 1 verse here, verse 8. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8. And it says, I am, this is Jesus speaking, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. So uh, Jesus Christ here is saying he's Alpha, which is the first letter of the Greek, Greek alphabet, and Omega, which is the last letter. So the beginning and the end. Uh, and it's saying, well, which is now, that's a present tense, which is existing now, uh, which was existing in the past, and which is also existing to come. So it's the beginning of the earth and the, the end of the earth, and he's everywhere in between. Okay? Um, so he transcends time. We can't imagine how something can transcend time. We have a desire to uh, be uh, free from the yoke of time, don't we? Um, and I believe God's put that in us, that we want to live in all time. This, uh, the time is a, a, a classic thing that <laughs> we seem to keep running out of. But uh, God is in all time. He was at the beginning, at the end, and everywhere in between. Okay, which is phenomenal. Just to reinforce that, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 1. So we read before that he's the beginning and the end. So we read in John 1 verse 1, in the beginning, right, which is where as we read in Revelation, where Jesus uh, is or was or <laughs> there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. You know, God spoke, that's the Word, and created all things. And without him, i.e. the Word, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, you know, um, God breathed life into, uh, into human beings and uh, plants and animals and all that sort of stuff when he spoke too. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Down to verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus Christ, as it says there, is the Word. It was made flesh, walked around on earth uh, so that human beings could behold him. He's full of grace and truth, the only begotten of the Father. So Jesus Christ, the Word, was in the beginning with God and uh, all things were created by him. And then as we read in uh, Revelation, he's also at the end. Um, now, there's a reason I'm making that point, and I'm hoping um, it'll sink in. 
that I've made that point when I read some other verses further down the track. But we go jump to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 8. So Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. We read here. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. And that's amazing faith. He was called by God to leave his home, but he didn't know where he was going. By faith he sojourned, or waited, in the land of promise, as in a strange country. He was a foreigner, dwelling in tabernacles, like temporary accommodation, um, that uh, can be uh, uh, pulled up and moved, with Isaac his son, and also with his grandson Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Okay, So this promise that God gave to Abraham went to Isaac and also to Jacob. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Remember, she was 90 years old when she gave birth to Isaac. Because she judged him, i.e. God, faithful who had promised, who'd promised that of Sarah will be uh, the child of promise. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead. You know, um, Abraham was 99 when uh, Sarah conceived. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the sea more sorry, by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises but having seen them afar off. So their faith was quite remarkable that they didn't actually see the promises all through Sarah's life and Abraham's life. They didn't inherit the land. It was their descendants. But their faith, uh, the, the faith that drove them was this hope of seeing it fulfilled later. Okay, And were persuaded of them or convinced of them and embraced them. Wonderful words there and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And there's a type there, you know, we understand that we're strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, or a, or a home, or a homeland. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. You know, story of Lot's wife. You know, they left that their home country in Mesopotamia, and they were focused on following God's ways. They forgot about their home, which is truly remarkable. Uh, it's remarkable that they did that, that they had that faith. And, uh, and Sarah as well, it wasn't just Abraham. Sarah, his wife, also had that faith. Um, I, I bet there's uh, not many people around who would, uh, would do that today. Um, verse 16, But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. God is not ashamed. He's proud to call um, himself God of Abraham. For he hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises 
offered up his only begotten son. So when Abraham offered uh, Isaac, he knew Isaac was the son of promise. He knew that. But he still had this faith, knowing that, hey, look, somehow God's going to do it. And we read on. Um, Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Okay, that's an incredible faith. And this little aspect, and uh, we are talking about this yesterday, there's a few aspects of Old Testament characters that are only brought to light in the New Testament. And this is uh, one that um, it says here that Abraham himself accounted that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. So that's not clarified in the Old Testament. So Isaac's there to, to offer up his son Isaac, knowing he's old, the, the child of promise. You know, Through him all the promises will, will go uh, that God told him. But then in his mind he's thinking, oh, God's got it all in hand. <laughs> Amazing faith. You know, and this, this faith is uh, just incredible. That, uh, that's why uh, God was not ashamed to be his God. Phenomenal faith. Um, and, and so, yeah, the title of this talk is Abraham. We'll go in a little bit about Abraham. Um, and just the fact that this, he was an incredible man in the flesh. That, uh, he had this phenomenal faith, but so did Sarah, his wife, as, as we read here, by faith. She received strength, knowing that she'll bear a child, and it was a child of promise. Um, and the, the thing is, as well, is that um, Sarah's child would be the child of promise. But also, if you think of the story that um, Sarah, uh, for a moment there, thought that, oh, there's no way I can have children and gave her uh, slave girl to wife, Hagar. Um, And Abraham then uh, had a child of Hagar, but he was not the child of promise. Um, And so it was through a miracle that the child of promise uh, came forth, and that was Isaac. Um, Go to uh, Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. So that's Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. As we read before, uh, the stars for multitude and the, uh, the grains of sand on the seashore innumerable. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. And Abraham means father of a multitude. But at this stage, he still didn't have a child of uh, Sarah. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I'll make thee exceeding fruitful, and I'll make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I'll establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations 
for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. A, a, a phenomenal uh, promise that's given to Abraham as a uh, reaction to his faith, um, as a reaction to, uh, to his faith in God and uh, believing God's promises as being true, yea and amen, amen, yes, full stop, you know, yes. Uh, there's no uh, dilly-dallying about it's yes, full stop. His promises are yes. And uh, Abraham believed that. And uh, as a result, God had a desire to bless him uh, and to, uh, to bless uh, his, um, his uh, descendants too. Uh, he's saying that, look, um, you'd be a, a father of many nations. Uh, uh, not only will you have children, but your children will have many children and it'll just grow and grow and grow into many nations and kings will come of thee. And, uh, um, and we know of Abraham that, uh, as, as I said before, that uh, he had a child of Hagar, and that was Ishmael. And Ishmael, we know, uh, uh, was the father of the Arabs. And then um, we have uh, Isaac, who was the child of promise, right? And of Isaac, uh, Rebekah had two children, Esau and Jacob. Now, what's interesting there in that story as well is Rebecca also was barren and she uh, um, spoke to her husband, Isaac, but it, it, different to the case with Abraham, um, Isaac prayed to God that he would uh, make his wife uh, fruitful, whereas in the case of Abraham, he took Hagar and um, had a child with Hagar and was just looking to the flesh in that instance. Even though he had amazing faith, but he still looked to the flesh in that instance. But Isaac, in this way, was perhaps more faithful because he besought the Lord. And um, uh, Rebecca had twins, Esau and Jacob. And, and what's interesting in the story there as well is um, uh, Isaac wanted to bless Esau as being the child of promise. But Rebecca knew that wasn't the case. Rebecca knew that Jacob was the child of promise, and through Jacob, God's promises will be not Esau. Rebecca knew that, but Isaac didn't. You know, so these people, these what we call patriarchs, uh, people of faith, they had moments of amazing faith where they were switched on. You know, Isaac did, Abraham did, but then there was moments where, hey, they were still in in their uh, mortal bodies and they made mistakes and uh, bad judgment. And there were other things as well. You can read that uh, Abraham was a real rotter in a couple of instances where he had no regard for the, uh, the safety of his wife. Um, but uh, the Lord uh, says that his promises are yea and amen. And so Esau, um, he was the father of the Edomites. And um, we can read in the Bible that Edom settled in a place called Mount Seir. And the Edomites became a nation uh, and became uh, their land was known as uh, Idumea under uh, the Roman Empire. And that's where Idumean Jews come from. Uh, Jacob, being the, the man of promise, uh, as we know, his name was changed to Israel. Um, and he had many children and they had many more, more children and they inherited the land of Canaan. And, but further down the track, we know that 
um, ethnic groups known as Jutes and Picts and Normans, Celts, Angles and Saxons came of uh, Jacob. And, um, and when we think of these people, the, the descendants of Abraham, and they were people that uh, God made promises to, uh, for them to prosper, but they also were people that have caused so much trouble and distress throughout history. And some of the biggest ratbags have come out of the descendants of Abraham. And when you, um, like as uh, the descendants of Jacob moved through Europe, you know, there, there would have been all sorts of horrible things that happened as they displaced the Aboriginal people in Europe and moved over. And just, uh, and today as well, we see that, uh, you know, there's a lot of distress that's come as a result of the nations that came of Abraham, you know, and the trouble on earth. But the Lord had a desire to bless Abraham, okay? And that's what he's doing. And that's what he's done. And I made a point there that, um, early on, that God lives in all time. So if you can think about it today, he's dwelling with Abraham, isn't he? And so he said that he'll bless Abraham. So when he's deciding to bless the descendants of Abraham in the flesh, i.e. nations that have come of him, he's actually blessing Abraham and, uh, and uh, true to his promise. Um, go to uh, Genesis chapter 22, another aspect of um, the, the descendants of Abraham. And we can see it today. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 15. So it's Genesis 22 and verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn. You know, and that's the only way God could swear because he can't swear of anything higher or uh, more, or more mighty because he's it. So by himself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, um, that in blessing I'll bless thee and in multiplying I'll multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So we've got this aspect of uh, the descendants the, uh, of Abraham, the nations that come of him. Somehow, other nations of earth will be blessed through them. And um, even though the, the nations have made many mistakes and, like I said, have caused all sorts of trouble and distress on the earth, God's true to his word, and in living in all time, he's still really speaking to Abraham now in his all time. And even you think of examples today, like those nations that have friendly relations with the descendants of uh, particularly Jacob are blessed. You know, um, I mean, I, I think a, a wonderful example is uh, the, the Koreas. You know, the South Korea has a friendly relation, um, but North Korea doesn't. And look at the 
totally different standard of living in those two countries. They're the same people, you know, uh, the Koreans, they're all the same ethnic people, but there's a line through the middle, and those in the south have decided to have friendly relations with the descendants of Jacob, but those of the north have decided not to. And there's a stark difference in uh, the quality of life and uh, how the nation is succeeding. And even when China um, opened up its borders for trade, how they just blossomed after that. You know, it happened, they started doing it, well, they dabbled in it early on in the early 80s, but then it started to get uh, more and more in the 90s and then in 2000, 2010, they really escalated their trade. They, they opened up their relations to uh, the descendants of Jacob and, wow, they just exploded and, uh, and were blessed. And another example which is quite stark is, uh, the, is Japan. You know, there are a people who it's part of them um, to when they've been... Um, sufficiently chastised, they, they're not ashamed to, to be humble, okay? It's part of their, their makeup. And so after the World War II, they realised, right, they humbled themselves, but they opened up their borders, they had friendly relations with the descendants of Jacob, and they blossomed after World War II. So these are examples of, hey, um, promises that God has given to Abraham are coming to fruition and actually happening, even though, even though uh, the people themselves that are descended from Abraham um, really aren't uh, good examples for following the things of the Lord. The Lord is still promising, uh, still uh, fulfilling those promises. And um, because I believe he lives in all time and he's still there, one-on-one with Abraham now, today. He's at the beginning and the end, and so he can do that. As he blesses the descendants of Abraham, he's actually blessing Abraham. Um, Oh, another page. Um, Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9 and verse 10. Romans chapter 9 and verse 10. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. So we, we know from the example, so it says it was said unto her, the elder was to, shall serve the younger. So Rebecca knew from the word go that the elder will serve the younger. And she held on to that all her life. Even when Isaac thought to uh, bless uh, Esau, Rebecca knew. Rebecca knew, no, Jacob is the one, because the elder will serve the younger. Verse 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Such extreme um, 
emotions there. Um, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. So then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. So I've, I've said a couple of times, you know, that uh, the current nations that are descended from Abraham really have caused a lot of trouble and distress on the earth throughout history and today. But it's God who decides. He's decided, right, I want to have mercy on Abraham and his descendants. So I am going to do that. It says, therefore, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Even these babies who've done neither right nor wrong, God decided he'll have mercy and compassion on Jacob but not on Esau. God has that prerogative, okay, for whatever reason. He's got the bigger picture and it's not of works. It was nothing to do with works. These babies did nothing and yet God chose one over the other. You get where I'm coming from. You know, it's not of works. We don't earn it. We don't earn his mercy. We don't earn his compassion. We can't stand here or sit here or wherever we are. We can't say, yes, I've done all this. I've done all that. You know, I've earned uh, God's mercy and his compassion. No, it all came from God. And uh, we see that in, uh, in the, the, the national context as a result of Abraham's um, blessings. Um, uh, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And verse 6. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Excuse me. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Okay, wrap your minds around this. And uh, uh, those of faith are blessed with Abraham and the blessings of Abraham. Verse 10, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, he hanged on. He was hanged on a tree, which, uh, as it says in the Old Testament, uh, a person is cursed. For it is written, oh, here we go. <laughs> cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That's in Deuteronomy. 
Um, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And, uh, and in a way, that's that spiritual aspect that, uh, that spiritually speaking, you know, people of faith filled the Holy Spirit. Um, are, as it, verse, it says in verse 7, the same are the children of Abraham. And then here it says that uh, in verse 14 that on the, the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so through us as well, we preach to all people, to the Gentiles that are not uh, of God or dis- descended yeah, of God, um, and then they also can be a part of the kingdom of God and be blessed through us. So we have this, uh, this carnal aspect of the nations that come of Abraham, but that's a type of the spiritual aspect that's in us and in everyone who's spirit-filled, regardless of ethnicity. You know, it's, uh, it happens that the flow-on effect is that uh, we preach the gospel to every living creature, that they may be baptised, may receive the Holy Spirit, and they also will have the blessing that we have. You know, other, um, yeah, other spiritual nations can be blessed through Uh, the kingdom of God by coming uh, to be a part of the kingdom of God and having friendly relations, you see, uh, that sort of thing. Down to verse 22. But the scripture hath concluded all are under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Uh, revealed through Jesus Christ. Wherefore, the law is our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, there is no longer, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptised into Christ have put on Christ, you know, that mind of Christ, that Christ-like, that anointed. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We're all together. We're all one. Uh, it says there's no, no longer Jew or Greek. Ethnicity doesn't matter. Bond or free, it doesn't matter what, uh, what your state is, whether you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter. You're a human being. And it even says there it doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter. We're all together. We're all equal. We're all um, Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. All of us. That's why all of us, no matter what gender we are, we're all the sons of God. You know, it's superfluous to call us the sons and daughters because then you're creating a division. We're all the sons together, you know, um, heirs. You know, we're all like the the eldest son, so to speak, all of us, Um, uh, regardless, because we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're heirs according to the promise. We have an equal equal share of that that promise. Isn't that wonderful? It's an equalising thing. These things that are listed there, you know, uh, ethnicity, um, wealth, gender, they are things that, um, that still today, as long as human beings live on the earth, divide. 
They create division. Um, but God's uh, gotten rid of all that division, all of, rid of all those things that uh, create uh, inequality and made everyone equal in his eyes. It's amazing. And it's only through the kingdom of God. It's no longer an us and them. It's like it's all us together. Unity. And, uh, and it's truly beautiful. After I said that, I, I was thinking with words in my mind that, um, well, of course it's beautiful. God created it. <laughs> you know? He knows what he's doing. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, the penultimate scripture. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. So Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you hath he quickened, or is made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, or our actions as well, what we did, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved, through faith, And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Excuse me. For we are his workmanship. You know, glory belongs to him. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You know, uh, this grace is uh, also, that that word is interpreted as unmerited favour. We didn't deserve it. Just like the descendants, the nations today, descended from Abraham, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve the, um, the, the blessing, the, the blessings that we see in them, you know, the standard of living that we see in them. They don't deserve it. Just like we as individuals, uh, we don't deserve it. It's grace. God had a desire to show his mercy upon a people, to lift up a people who were broken, to lift up a people who were um, uh, nothing, I guess, um, who, uh, who were so far away from God and to pour out the, uh, pour out the window, uh, open up the windows of heaven that a blessing may be poured out. It's in Malachi. And... Uh, and it's like it says as well that he chose uh, the people that descended from Abraham not because they were great but because they were small so that when they became great, God gets the glory. He chose us. We were so far away from God. We were confused. There's all sorts of uh, ideas we had. Um, 
But then he called us so that then he could get the glory when we see the blessing in our life. And when we see that confusion gone, that clarity of a mindset, when we see a path laid before us, a purpose in our life now, no longer wondering, he gets the glory because he made us great in that way. Uh, Finish up in Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 38. So back to this whole time bizarre thing where God lives in all time. It does our head in because we only have a carnal mind. But the Bible says he lives in all time. And this wraps it all up to give us another bit of understanding of, uh, of what the Lord's up to. Hebrews 11 and verse 38. Of whom the world was not worthy. I'll just stop there. It's in brackets, of course. It's referring to people that uh, have been mentioned before, some by name, most not. Of whom the world was not worthy. <laughs> it's like, it's like um, the Lord saying, the Lord, oh, sorry, the world was not worthy to have such amazing people walking on the face of it. <laughs> or uh, the people of the world were not worthy to have such amazing people of faith walking amongst them. Or the uh, people of the world were not worthy to be blessed through these amazing people of faith. Okay? Interesting. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, even though they were incredible. And uh, the world was not worthy because they were so incredible before, before the eyes of the Lord through their faith, but they still didn't receive the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, we've received the promise. We've received the promise of the Holy Spirit. We've received that amazing gift from God that they, in the past, these incredible people of faith, that they, without us today, should not be made perfect. Whoa. (laughs) Does that bend your mind a bit? Because of us today, filled with the Holy Spirit, and yes, the Holy Spirit in us helps us with our faith, but we have that faith to continue following uh, God and Jesus Christ and his teachings, but because of that in us, they, these great people of faith in the past, before Jesus Christ, they're referred to there in chapter 11, they are made perfect. God lives in all time. He's blessing Abraham uh, through what we see today with our carnal mind. He's blessing those amazing people in faith in the past, making them perfect because we today are made perfect, filled with the Holy Spirit. How important are we? <laughs> How important are we? To God Himself. He's relying on us. He's relying on our faith to exact a wonderful promise in these people in the past that they couldn't realise, but they will realise because of us. Okay, I hope I've explained it well enough, but uh, it's amazing what we're part of. And God is true to His word. His promises are yea and amen. They will come to pass. And we are a part of it. Okay, thank you.